Hi, I'm Beth. And I'm Leslie. And welcome to Quince. A little sweet, a little tart, and a little unexpected. Today is Sunday, August the 14th, 2016. And we have a topic to talk about this time that you came up with that sort of relates to lots of things that uh, we are involved with. Absolutely. And probably the state of the nation. <laughs> yeah. Well, that too. Yeah. And so, um, you want to tell them? I'm going to talk about confusion and clarity. I think that's a good topic. For sure. They go hand in hand. Yep. So, uh, and to get clarity, sometimes you have to wade through a lot of confusion. That is true. Yep. But you have been traveling this week. I know, I'm so lucky with my job sometimes. Absolutely. And there's a little confusion involved in the traveling because you went to Montpelier. That's right. Mont Montpelier in Orange, Virginia. In Orange, Virginia. And that was the home of James Madison. Am I right? Uh-huh, and Dolly. And Dolly Madison. And then, um, so tell us what y'all did up there and... Uh, what an interesting thing that was. I've been there years ago. Mm-hmm. Well, it has, it has quite its own history besides the generations right. of history. It, was, it started off in the Madison family in the um, 1600s. And so by the time James came along, it was at least the third generation. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And he was a junior, James mm -hmm. Madison Jr. Yep. Yes, and he and Dolly needed his their home. They never had children, though Dolly had been married before and had a son named Payne. Yeah. Yes, and he ended up being a bit of a royal Payne. Oh. <laughs> yeah, and that's a whole other story, yeah. right, to go into that. But they they lived there. Uh, James was quite a bit older than than Dolly, and they lived there until James died. And then Dolly was there a few more years, and she had to sell it off in eighteen forty four. Yes, which I'm sure was very sad. Of course, they had already spent a lot of time in. Philadelphia and of course in Washington D.C. Yeah. and Dolly is probably most famous for saving the picture, the Gilbert Sullivan picture of George Washington, George Washington yeah. in the War of 1812. Uh -huh. So yes, of course yeah. it ends up it was her slave who actually did it, climbed up and, <laughs> yeah. and did it, Paul. Yeah. So anyway, but we went. I went with Julie Walter Steele, the director at the Reynolds Homestead, and we're friends with Elizabeth Chu, who is one of the directors ah. there. And so she had invited us. And the head of um, archaeology, Matthew Reeves, Dr. Matthew Reeves, he and Elizabeth gave us, you know, sort of the back. Cool. The, the backstory and took cool. us all around and nice lunch and we had tours with two different docents uh, through the house and then one of the main reasons we went was to do the tour of the enslaved community mm. that was telling the stories yeah. and that's something we really are working hard at at the Reynolds homestead yeah. 
And so we wanted to hear, see how they did it and, and that side mm -hmm. of things. So that was a big impetus for our actual trip. Yeah. But my goodness, it's such a cool place. It really is. Yes. Yeah. Now when I was there, see, for a lot of years I was big on horse racing. Yeah. Well, not so much now, because I'm not sure that people do things the way they used to, and I'm not 100% sure of the care of the animals, because I'm not involved. And right. I wasn't totally involved. I had friends that were involved, and we used to go to the races, and think, there just seemed to be a different atmosphere back then. And was this, that steeplechase? No, these were just regular flat race. Thoroughbred. And you yeah. know I earned my living doing that. Yeah, I know. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. That's funny that we have that in yeah, common. Yeah, and, and you were there a little bit before I was, I think. Right. That we were there in 1980. Yeah, Charlestown. Mm -hmm. And I didn't get, like, deeply involved in it, but uh, I would, even back when I was a kid, they would show an occasional race on television. And I was right there. I mean, I saw Secretariat do, uh -huh. do the thing, you know, and uh, all of that stuff. I have a diary entry on it and everything, you know. Oh, how cool. And so um, when we got to Montpelier, of course, they told us about, this, you know, the Madisons and all of that. And, of course, we were just part of a regular group. Mm -hmm. And uh, they didn't take us, you know. But then they, they had one room that was dedicated to Marion DuPont Scott. Yes. Is that so still? That yeah. is her, yep, yeah, that was her name. She died in 19, wait, she died at the age of 84. Yeah, 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 I think she died a little sooner than that. I can't, I should have looked it up, but, uh, mm -hmm. but anyway, she was a DuPont, which, you know, is a very uh, well-to-do family in, uh, on the East Coast, and um, she um, was briefly married to Randolph Scott. Exactly. A cowboy thing. Exactly. It was only like three years. But she had a stable. Uh, she owned the property. Built 55 more rooms? Well, that's how many were total. And oh, okay. that house was 55 <laughs> yeah. rooms. And now it's back to the original back 22. Back to the original 22, mm -hmm. yeah. Which is a fair-sized house. Yes. Yeah, but uh, they had a um, room set up with uh, all the pictures of the horses. Oh. And see, I recognized the names. Mm -hmm. You know, from, even though... I did not see these particular horses. They were man of war sons. They were battleships. Yeah, battleship. And, mm -hmm. and some of the horses are buried on that property. Oh, I didn't there realize. Are, yeah, there are three. I went out to find the tombstones. Mm -hmm. you know, there are three mm -hmm. horses that are buried on the property, and there's still the, uh, the, the race crowd. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That is still the track. Is yeah. still the It's track quite still lovely there. when yeah. you stand on the front porch yeah. of that mansion it's a beautiful huge porch yeah um you know with the tall pillars and all right. and you look out through across the fields and then you see the racetrack and then the blue ridge mountains absolutely and yeah, it, yeah. It, i'm sure it's, and i think they do they have some they still there. have that's mm -hmm. right they still have a big race in november yeah yeah they still so. do that but that just thrilled me because mm -hmm. i knew her name but for some reason i did not Make the you know Montpelier stables. Montpelier stables. Montpelier is a town, you know, right. basically. And so I just never connected it with the house, mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. know, for some silly reason. Uh, so I was really thrilled when I went in there. They had it set up sort of like a twenties, thirties. Right, right. She know. was married to Scott Randolph Scott during the thirties, yeah, I believe. Yeah, and that was her second marriage. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and now there's really no trace of her. 
except for the racetrack. Yeah, so and they took that, did they take that room out? Yes. They said they were going to, and that yeah, just the, broke my heart. I know. I, yeah. I had mixed feelings because, yeah. of course, you go to the oldest history, and it was, yeah. he was president and wrote but the she Constitution. Was part of the history of the... Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. had it not been the Madison's house, right. it would be a mansion to the DuPonts. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And, right. you know, and it probably was, you know, there were so many properties that were not cared for yes. and then later somebody had to come in and re, mm -hmm. um, redo things so the house was cared for through the, they through the history mm -hmm. oh yeah they build they, on <laughs> yeah aren't we lucky yes yeah. and they have maintained the duponts mrs scott's formal garden oh lovely yes. yeah they were lovely too Yes. So, so but anyway, uh, uh, look up Marion, or I'll uh, put a link to her. But uh, she had several famous racehorses, and it was mm -hmm. a stud mm -hmm. that she bred, thoroughbreds. Mm -hmm. And they did have the flat race. I guess it is a flat track. Yes. Yeah. They had a flat track there. Yes. So, um, but that was a great experience because it's been a long time. Oh, and there's a fiber festival at Montpelier in October. Now, I'm not sure if that is the same town because the address is actually Orange, Virginia. Well, the Fiber Festival takes place right beside the Visitor Center. Oh. Yeah, it's right there in um, the... On the grounds. On the ground. Oh, oh on the Visitor nice. Center grounds. Unless yes. they have moved Well, it. you just walk across. Yeah, mm -hmm. unless they have moved it. There's a big field back mm -hmm. behind the Visitor mm -hmm. Center, and that's where the Fiber Festival has been. Oh. And I think they have a sheepdog trials. And it, it's not a huge festival. Maybe it, it may only be, I guess it's two days. I can't remember. I should have looked it up. Mm. I will look it up but and put a link. But it, it's a very nice festival. I bet. And it's in October, so it's really hard for me to get there. Right. But um, Everything is in October. Everything right. great is in October. Uh -huh. We are really busy in mm. October. Well, it was, it was nice to go around with the archaeologists. They got a grant from, oh, I just said the fellow's name. I'm going to have to check on that. But yeah. a fellow gave a very wealthy man, Rubenstein, I believe his, his David, David Rubenstein, yeah. gave $24 million. Ah. And so that's what they named the Visitor Center. Yeah. And um, it has funded these digs that have gone on now for about 16 years. Wow. And they have found the slave quarters, mm. you know, and the stables, just all kinds of, right. all kinds of great work. Yeah. Now, when I was there, I don't think they really knew, because it's probably been more than 16 years. Mm -hmm. I don't, th they were really not talking a whole lot about the uh, slaves in mm -hmm. the uh, at that time. I'm sure they mentioned. Right. But they probably have picked up tremendous detail since then. Yeah. Oh, they have. Yeah. They have. And it's um, it's quite the story. And awesome. they're not shy about telling it. Well, it needs to be told. That's right. That's yes. for sure. Yes. Uh, and here he, you know, he, James Madison, is who wrote our Constitution. Oh, yeah. You know, mm -hmm. and the Bill of Rights. Right. And... He, he's the one that wrote, all men are created equal. And yep. so, Except. <laughs> right, right. And that dichotomy, you know, that yep. tension in there that he had with Jefferson and so yep. many others. Yep. And it's ironic that Dolly was a Quaker. 
Yeah. Uh huh. But then she was she sold off the slaves after mm-hmm. he died. She needed money really badly, and she yeah. sold off. So you know, well, there's it was a different time. No excuse exactly. for it. Exactly, and this is how they presented it. Yeah. Was there's no excuse for it, but we cannot look through it at it through our modern eyes and that is unfortunately or what realistically the truth well and and we need to study the history so that we don't make the same mistakes always you know always Always. and it needs to be out there Mm -hmm. well i'll tell you another old town we went to on our way up we got out uh thursday afternoon so we drove as far as stanton and spent the night in the Stonewall Jackson Hotel. Cool. This really beautiful hotel. Yeah, and Stanton. Oh man, is it ever. Yeah. The old buildings, Mary Baldwin College. Mm-hmm. And we went to a play at the Blackfriars, the Shakespeare. Oh, how wonderful. Uh-huh. So we saw Twelfth Night. Nice. And we got out afterward, which was wonderful. And then we got out afterwards and Julie and I walked the streets. We were hungry, too. Yeah. And we found a Vietnamese restaurant that was still open at 10, yeah. 15 at night. Yeah. And ate that and then crossed the street and went and had gelato. Mm. Yes. And <laughs> I thought, Stanton is a really cool town. Stanton is <laughs> yeah. a great town. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't been there as much as uh, some of the other towns up in uh, northern Virginia, mm-hmm. but Stanton's a lovely town. And it is Stanton. Even though it's spelled S-T-A-U-N-T-O-N. Yes. The U is silent. It's not Stanton, (laughs) even though that's what you want to say. Yeah, it is Stanton. I always listen to the person that lives there. Yes, and I had cousins who lived in Stanton, so I had always heard it right. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. I knew people in the general vicinity, and they said Stanton. So So that's great. That sounds like a wonderful trip. Mm-hmm. For sure. And then you had to come back and go to work. <laughs> go to my other job. <laughs> right. Yeah, go, go to, to Nancy's, to the candy yeah. store. So, so the uh, other thing that's happening this coming weekend is Folk Fair. Mother's a damn Folk Fair. Yes, and uh, it's going to be, gosh, about the 12th, 13th year or something. Yeah, it's it's been a, uh, quite a while. I can't even remember how long. And um, I put a link, I'll put a link if I can. It's all on Facebook, so I'm not sure if there's anything else. But there's a lot of activities going to be going on. Lots of music, a play. Excellent. Yeah, and uh, food by several different groups in the community. A couple and of peaches. Groups. Yeah, there are probably peaches. some peaches around. Because the Peach Festival is Friday night yeah, in the, Stewart. Yeah, the Stewart Peach Festival is Friday night. And, and they have a lot of music down there. Mm-hmm. And so, so Patrick County is going to be the happening place, August 20th. <laughs> Yes, and I'm going to be in West Virginia on my way to Chautauqua, oh, yeah, New York. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. I have a um, lady uh, named Empress Spangler is going to come and sign her new book that she's written. And um, I don't remember exactly the name. It's Not So Tall, Not So Small, Aaron, somebody. I think it's about her grandchild. And it's uh, uh, about bullying. She, oh. she uh, thought, or she, I guess, I don't know if he had an experience or what, or she's just using him as a example. But it's a really sweet little book, and she's going to be signing it from one to three at my shop 
on August 20th. Excellent. And Pris is a local girl. Her folks have been here as long as mine, mm. or maybe a little longer. I'm not sure exactly, but uh, she's descended from the Langern family that uh, had a big land grant here. So she's related to the Spanglers, um, like Harvey oh, yeah. and all of, yeah, all all of, the of them. Yeah, all of the Spanglers. Mm -hmm. so, um, so I'm excited about that. That's my first book signing in a long, long time. Excellent. Uh, so yes. it will be fun to have her there. Good. All right. Anything else that's happening that you can think of? No, no, that's, okay. that's it. All right. All right, now we'll go into a little suite, which is about knitting and projects and things. And I'm still working on the zigzag scarf um, that I talked about last month or last week and or last time. And we um, are busy in August, so I haven't got a whole lot done on it. But I'm enjoying it still. It's a very simple uh, thing you can do while you're doing other things or watching TV or something. Uh, right now, Hot on Ravelry this week is something I didn't much like, actually. Some sort of knitting controversy well, in, no, that, in your well, world? Maybe it's a little bit about confusion. I mean, on the right person, I'm sure it would be lovely. It's called Caramel by Isabel Kramer. And it's a sweater. Oh, I like that. Yeah, see, it's that is, almost half shawl. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, it is. It's, but uh, you don't like it? It's not my style. I think that's the problem. Um, I like this one a little better. Maybe. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, I'll describe it to you folks out there in podcast land. Yeah. It doesn't have buttons and it drapes over. Yeah, it's sort of an overlapping front. And uh, it's asymmetrical. It's not really totally, it doesn't look like it's totally symmetrical. And um, it, for my body type, it would not work. But for uh, a lot of people, it probably would. It looks good on these girls that are wearing it. It's really good on this one girl. That's why they call them models, huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, supposedly she may be the girl that made it. I don't know. A lot of these are uh, pictures of the people that made them. Some of them are professional. But some of them are the people that actually made them. So, um, and anyway... 1,861 people have made this. 1,861. Yeah, so that's all what... Ravelry. Oh. Yeah, this is the... Um, so it's popular. So it's pretty popular. You know, the, the one I showed you last week, I think 20,000 people were made, had made it or something. Oh, <laughs> so maybe it's not so popular. Yeah, but it, it was like the top. It was in the top ten. Um, so, and then I found this really pretty little... Um, this is the Sleeveless Pineapple Top by Vicki Chan, and it's a crocheted project. I thought we ought to talk about crocheted projects mm, a little bit. Pretty. And it's rather attractive. And 253 projects are listed on Ravelry for that. So, um, so that's what's happening on Ravelry this week, so far. So, I'm still zigzagging. So, uh, that was something that was popular like months ago. That's the thing. 
a lot of these things get popular and I'll put them on my list because Ravelry lets you keep a list of projects that you want to do as well. And then I'll come by later and I'm like, why did I like <laughs> At the time I did, you know. Well, that's sort of like impulse buying. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and uh, I found this really interesting little tool. It's an increase-decrease knitting stitch marker. And the thing about some of these tools, it's so clever and so simple, like the ring last time. Mm-hmm. Uh, what it is, it's a stitch marker, but it has three separate rings in three colors. You use one color when you're doing an increase row. You just put that color on your needle to remind you that this is the increase row that you're doing. And then you put another color for your decrease row. So if you're doing lace, sometimes you'll do an increase row. And then you do 10 rows that you do nothing. And then you'll do a decrease row. And so this helps you keep track. She's got three separate rings of three different colors. And then the third color, you use that when you're not do making an increase or a decrease. Well, it's how simple. How simple and clever. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a little less than $5. And she's got several different versions with pretty crystals on them and everything. And her name is Hide and Sheep. And she has a shop on Etsy, and I will put a link to it. Well. And that's all the yakking about knitting I Is have. Is there a real name, Sheep? Hide and Sheep? Yeah. Oh, not. That's the name of her shop. Oh, like Hide? Hide. Okay. Hide and Sheep instead of Hide and Seek. Right. So, I, I and she has several different types of counter things that were, uh, but this one was really clever. Yeah. You know, and, the, and the ring last time was really clever. I that thought. was. Yeah, and pretty too. And both of these are pretty. So so that's my knitting. Very good. All right, so now we're going to... A little tart. A little tart. And you're going to talk about why confusion and clarity. Well... You know I do the program Arts Fusion, which yeah. I have talked about several times on our, our Quinn's program. I went in this past Tuesday to probably the most confused group uh, that I do. Yeah. And I love them. I just, I do. But they can be up and down and walking and talking and, you know, it can be an hour of uh, a little bit of chaos and yeah. confusion in there. Well, I took large letter postcards, which, you know, like say spell Cleveland, and in the C, there might be several of the buildings in yeah. Cleveland, you know, or the football stadium in right. the V or whatever. And I blew them up to, you know, eight and a half by 11 sheets so that I could pass around the various mm -hmm. ones. And we got started talking about roadside America and travel. Well, next thing I knew, there were, and I was by myself. My volunteer was out of state, and it was just me. And I always say, please, you know, eight people or whatever. Next thing I knew, I looked up. There were 16 folks sitting around the table with all their eyes on me, mm -hmm. smiling, ah. quiet, quiet. 
totally in the moment and wow. we're answering you know if I ask about a trip or I or you know talking about um, stopping off at all the, the old boardwalks you mm -hmm. know that towns had nothing like it is now yeah. when you go to the beach and um, and it was just magical that oh, wow. for this hour and they didn't want me to leave at four. <laughs> and, you know, most of the time, they don't even know I'm there. I mean, they do know it, but and they'll say, thank you, thank you. You know, who are you again? And, yeah. you know, I mean, it's... Yeah. And this time, it wasn't like that. Wow. It was just... You triggered that memory that pulled them into the moment? I, I guess so, yeah. through the art. You know, that's yeah. the whole thing, is the art yeah. helping them to be. And they would just study those pictures yeah. inside the letters and yeah. pass it to the next person, even point out something uh -huh. to the next person. Wow. And I mean, sometimes they're throwing things at each other. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. I just... Well, it's just the, right. yeah, the situation. Right. right, so for this to happen, and when I was done, I looked up and I said, oh my goodness, it's four o'clock. It's time for me to go. They're all like, can we stay? You know? <laughs> like, oh my goodness. I don't want this moment. Really? And when I, even when I got out to the car and I sat there, it hit me. Yeah. I and imagine. I just, I did. I started crying. Oh, I said, sure. this, all my years of Alzheimer's nursing, yeah. it was yeah. just so magical. And I thought the confusion and the clarity. Yeah. And it made me think of um, uh, one of my favorite books and authors is Dr. Oliver Sacks. Yeah. And he's the one that wrote The Man Who Mistook His Wife for a Hat. Yes, and, I did and, read that yes. One, yeah. and he wrote one called Awakenings. Oh. And it became a movie with Robin Williams oh. in it. And it's um, quite the story. It's a true story. Dr. Sachs came over here from, I think it was England, and started working in New York City, one of those huge hospitals. Yeah. And this is when L-Dopa, the drug for Parkinson's, mm -hmm. was just coming on the scene. And he was this new, young, you know, intern or young neurologist. And he he found this ward where everyone was almost like in a cocoon state, mm. about 20 patients, wow. and he started giving them the L-Dopa. They actually came out of that catatonic state that yeah. some of them were totally in, and they even went on bus trips and, and you know, one guy fell in love, and wow. then they started, the drugs started wearing off, and, so and they, they knew they were going back oh into man. their catatonic state. Wow. It's very, very powerful. Um, but that's what I was thinking. It was yeah. like, sometimes those things happen. And I do recommend Awakenings. We showed it at the Reynolds Homestead for yeah. a dinner and a movie a few months ago. And yeah, it, it's really worth watching. Yeah. So the so the drug basically worked for a while and stopped working. Exactly. It's like they build up built up a tolerance. The tolerance. To yeah. Yes. Yeah. So Wow. Mm hmm That reminds me. Do you remember um oh 
but it was a movie too. Charlie. It was about the retarded boy that they did an operation. Oh, oh. Flowers for Algernon. Oh, yes. Flowers for Algernon. Oh, it was yes. a science fiction story. Mm -hmm. And uh, they did this operation on the mouse, and it um, worked, you know. And then they did the operation on this, um, um, you know, mentally challenged young man, and it worked. And then the mouse started deteriorating. And then Charlie started deteriorating. They don't go quite to the end, mm. but it starts. I guess they, the scientists had had him have a journal, make a journal, and you see the the deterioration. It, it's really, of course, that was fiction, but it was right. really tragic. similar, very yeah, very, very similar, similar thing, and the the emotions of loss. And of course, mm -hmm. a lot of your Alzheimer's patients know they have moments amazing. moments mm -hmm. of clarity, yeah. which as as one of my friends said that was the hardest part for her mother who suffered yeah. from it is when she had moments of well, clarity and I yeah. said oh yeah that can be tough yeah. because they're like I know I yeah I, I should know more fade away oh man it's, it's yeah. nasty disease <laughs> yeah. but it's tragic. Mm -hmm. But we can't ignore them, and when you have those moments... Oh, well, that's wonderful. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Amazing. You have some postcards. Yes. Well, I just got started thinking, okay, what do I have that's a little... <laughs> talks about confusion and clarity and postcards. Yeah. And I found... Three that I think, and I'll let you, um, or I'll take pictures, yeah, or you yeah. take them home. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And one of them was from 1982. It says, the whole world's cockeyed. And it has the man in the moon with cross eyes and the Milky Way. And it's talking about everything going on in the world there. And this state of chaos in well, the, he, the planets. He, he looks pretty annoyed about everything. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yes. What he's upset about. Just that the world was cockeyed. Well, it's, it's it's sort of a political. So yeah, I wondered if that was time someone. period. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I thought I wondered if it was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's pretty cool. But I just yeah, that we'll jumped right out at that. me. Yes. Yeah. And then uh, one that was just funny in a way. It was a mermaid one. And, and um, what it shows, and yes, you know, some of these are so politically incorrect. Yeah. So many postcards. Well, these are and pretty this old, is, yeah. Yeah, this is from the 1950s, and it's a Native American Indian uh, caricature, really. Yeah, absolutely. Looking over at another Native American Indian female mermaid mm -hmm. and saying, how? Yeah. Hmm. So you get a little bit of that sexual, uh, yeah, yeah. or a whole lot of the sexual. But yeah. I just thought, okay, the confusion, the confusion there. Yeah. So that one made me made me chuckle a bit. Yeah. <laughs> and then this one is a little different approach. It's called a serial card, and you would mail them out. And sometimes they could be as many as. Um, I don't know, five or six cards, mm -hmm. and you would mail them to someone the next day, you'd mail them yeah, another, yeah. and this one starts off, and it even says, you know, a little poem at the top, 
and it just shows some feet and yeah. a leg. And then the next one just shows some thighs no, and a hand. A hand. Yeah. And you're supposed to be guessing. With behind it. Uh-huh, that's right. And you're supposed to be guessing who it is. Uh -huh. And then the last card comes and... I know who that is. Rip Van Winkle. Winkle. Yep, I didn't yes. have to look at the top. Uh-huh, in the <laughs> Hudson Valley there yep. and in the mountains. Interesting. Yes. I it looks like maybe there was one more. It's, well, that's what I thought too, but then it said... A set of three cards oh, on okay, it. Because I always on that right, side. and I always thought that I didn't have all of them. Yeah. And then I was looking at it last night. Yeah. I said, "No, I have all three. You have all three. <laughs> yeah, it was funny they didn't mm. put a border on the on the front on the first one. Interesting. So, but anyway, so you could do that, and so there you That's went cool. from yes, confusion to clarity. Although one um, time I had a really dear friend, Judy. But when we were in high school, she went to visit her grandmother in um, Seattle. And they drove back. Her grandparents hadn't seen the family in quite a while. And so they drove across the country that summer with Judy. And she swears she sent me a postcard every time they stopped. I got four. Oh. <laughs> so if you had, you know, if you get lost, <laughs> you would miss half of your... That's, that's you know, exactly I get, right. I didn't get any of those postcards she sent. I, I think I got four of them. Well, maybe she forgot to put a stamp on it. She might have. Too. Yes. You know, I'm sure she did what she well, said. Well, of course, this, this Rip Van Winkle one... This is pre-1906 because yeah, it's a, yeah. an undivided back. Yeah, yeah, that's an old and um, so back then, this was very popular to yeah. send the postcards. Yeah, so and those weren't used or anything? And these weren't used, no. no yeah. So are those available if anybody's Oh, sure. I always sell everything. Okay. Uh, let me see. I even, gosh, I thought I... I had a price on them. If anyone's interested, you yeah, just let me know, and yeah, I'll. Uh, little, um, uh, there's information yeah. to get in touch with both of us. On the mermaid website. was four dollars, and uh, oh, I know the Rip Van Winkle. Here is the card. I knew I had a price. Yeah. It's eighteen dollars for all three, yeah. Yeah. which is very nice. Oh, and the cockamamie one, I think two bucks. Someone could yeah. have that. Well, the Rip Van Winkle one is nice. Yes, that it's one's nice. So. Yeah, it yeah. was, that's very reasonably priced. Yeah, yeah, yeah with, that's a good one. So, yeah. okay. You don't see them too yeah, often. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. And then there also, I just wanted to mention in the postcard world here. Yeah. We have cards called um, metamorphic cards. Okay. And that's when you have a scene that you're looking at. Like, say you're oh, looking yeah. at this donkey, uh -huh. but then you look closely and it's these beautiful women. You see the legs? Oh, I see them now. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yes. Yeah, and all okay. three of these are metamorphics. Oh, okay. And there was one of Wagner. Yeah. Yeah, I wish I owned these. I oh, don't. These, are, these are in a book. Yeah. And uh, all different scenes in there. This one... Uh, I'll put I, a I went through so. yes, and then they could just Google. But this, these were quite lovely, yeah. also. Yeah. Odd. Interesting. Yeah, I see the. And there were even there. some called death's heads, like it shows skulls, but then it was really 
uh, a man and a woman kissing. Wow. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. So that was the confusion and clarity. Yeah, the little, um, sort of like those, and I never could see them, but I guess it was back in the early 80s that, um, those hidden picture things. Oh, yeah. That was in look, the 90s. And you 90s, would look in yeah. the colors and then you'd suddenly, suddenly see the you'd scene. Suddenly see the thing. Yes. And I never could see them. One time I did. I said, I'm going to make myself do this. Yeah, and yeah we had like books. Of, they, they were books yeah. of them. And you'd yeah. get a book and you would look through them. Yeah. And then just all at once it was supposed to jump at you. Yeah. It was almost like your eyes went a little bit crossed or yeah. something. Yeah. I just yeah. couldn't do that. Yeah. One time. One time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, clarity. Mm. All right, so now we're going to... A little unexpected. Okay. And uh, we're hoping to get some people and uh, do some interviews eventually. But we haven't... Uh, August and September and October. It's really hard to get people together. We've got one who's coming. Yeah, yeah. We and we do plan to get some more. Mm -hmm. So uh, right now, we're go I'm going to do a book review. Yes. And, and it's going to be like first time I've ever been negative about a book on here. And um, I read a book uh, by a lady named Carol Miller, and it's called Murder and Moonshine. And I picked it up off the bookmobile, and when uh, I opened it, the reason I got it was because it's set in um, Pennsylvania County, which is two counties over from us. Oh, yeah, that's and neighbors. Danville, yeah, Danville and Chatham are the two largest towns, and this is set in, uh, it sounds like it's probably a community closer to Gretna which is also in Pennsylvania County, I think. But I think Gretna is just over Chatham is. Yeah, but anyway, it's somewhere in that general vicinity, supposedly. And um, it's about a young waitress. Recently, her, her husband's left her. And they're really vague about the name of the town that she's actually in, but I think it's called Tosh. And I don't know if that's a place in, um, in uh, Pennsylvania County or not, but... They're really vague about the name of the town. But anyway, this guy comes into the diner and dies. And that's where the mystery starts. My biggest issue with this book, and the issue of several people I mentioned it to from there, is that the author repeatedly calls Pennsylvania County, Southwestern Virginia, and Appalachia. Ooh. And... Several people were affronted. I mean, we're in Appalachia. We're up in the mountains. We're up in the mountains. And our but Danville is not. Danville is not. It's 90 miles from here, and it's totally... Yeah. Well, Stewart is not. Stewart does not consider themselves in uh, Appalachia because they're, they're the, at the beginning of the rolling... The Piedmont. Piedmont. Yeah. And the area where Danville is is called Southside. Mm -hmm. Not southwestern Virginia. The culture is totally different, you know, because it's tobacco farms uh, coming from plantations, uh, which we never had in this area at all. We didn't have tobacco. We didn't have tobacco. We didn't have the plantations. We didn't have the entire that entire environment. 
So we were distressed about this book. <laughs> so, it just didn't quite ring through. Did yeah, it? true. Now, did yeah. Now the author was is not from the area, but apparently she lives near Roanoke. Which is in Appalachia, yeah, isn't it? Exactly. I mean, well, it would yeah, I think be. it's a yeah. It would be considered uh, Franklin County. And um, the other issue I had with this book, because it's uh, Virginia, there is not a single person of color in the entire book. Oh, and Danville is yeah. I mean, Pennsylvania County. Yeah, and she's very vague on the descriptions of some of the characters. There's a character named Brenda. Uh, who works in the diner? The only description she gives of her is that her hands are cracked that I could find. What does that mean? Like she well, works she, in the garden? Well, no, she uh, worked in the you know you wash your hands repeatedly in the right, uh, right, in the right. diner and washing dishes and stuff. And then there's another character named Beulah who runs a who's a hairdresser and she has red hair. So they were the only two candidates possibly. Hmm. But it didn't sound like she had. She missed a great opportunity to make a main character, um, you know, African American, because he he was the fellow that worked with the main character's father, and they had the diner together. So he would have been a good person, you know, to to represent because he was a great character. He was, he was feisty, and uh, but he had a red face and would get belligerent, and his face would get red. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he was obviously not African American, no Hispanic throughout the whole book, and I, it just did not ring good, ring well at all. Well, now tell me how she was, say, as a storyteller. I had some problems with the stories too. Mm. Yeah, you know, there were a lot of. Well, I got frustrated because there would be somebody that would know something and nobody would ask them. <laughs> you know, and then, and then uh, the um, law enforcement people did not act like law enforcement people at all. There was an ATF guy that had a, a moonshiner right in front of him, and he just walked away. Oh, oh, wouldn't yeah. have, that wouldn't happen. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, the murder scene, the, the man died in the diner, but he was actually poisoned, which I shouldn't be telling, but that's sort of spoilers. Um, he, he was actually uh, poisoned at his home, and the law enforcement people never got around to going and seeing what poisoned him. <laughs> so, you uh, know. Frustrating. Yeah. The, um, the center of the plot was uran uranium mining. Right, which Eventually. was which was an issue. <laughs> yeah, and probably still is an issue in in, in, that, in that particular area. area. Yeah, and then but and uh, but you didn't find out about that until like the last twelve pages of the book. Oh no! Yeah, that this oh. was all happening, and then there was this you know kind of thing that happened. But uh, so there was the protagonist, which was the girl, and then she had an end. An antagonistic love interest, mm -hmm. who was the moonshiner, mm -hmm. and so you know, so they, her sparring partner, you know, they had grown up together. And, and well, is it set? Is set in modern day? Yeah, time? yeah, it's set now. Yeah. So how many moonshiners truly? I mean, yes, there are people who still make it. Oh yeah. But 
but but you know really to have rung more true which would have made this guy really a bad character would have been meth right because that's the and they were trying to make him a bad character well he wasn't really they were trying to she was trying to make him a good old boy you know, well, he could have been grown pot. Then he yeah, would have been, he, that would have been more realistic. It would have been more realistic. Uh -huh. Absolutely. And I think it was, the father-in-law was growing pot, you know, and on the property. And that may have been what, Daisy was her name. And, um, yeah. That's sort of a, an anachronistic name, too. Yeah, yeah. Daisy. Daisy, Daisy Luck. Daisy Luck. I forget what her last name was, but they called her Ducky a lot. And um, but her name was Daisy Luck something, and um, she um, her parent her family lost the property because of her father when her father and her father in law were killed. The uh, government took their property away from them, and it's really vague as to why this oh. happened. And then the antagonist bought the property kind of un under the table from this bank and that's the reason all of this murder and all this stuff happened. So in other words you don't think it's worth my while signing it off Probably this not. But talk about confusion. You know there was a whole, they never did the mother of the woman is sick. They never told what was wrong with her. You know just that she's ill and that um, you know it's costing a lot for her to pay for the girl's med for her mother's medicine while she works at this diner and she lives in uh, an inn with her aunt great aunt and uh, um, well and, and when I look up on you know some of the reviews they make it out to be like she's some steel magnolia you know that well, she was this maybe. She, she, she got a mouth on her <laughs> but sort of southern yeah. Southern charm and it didn't ring real well with me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, had they not said it takes place in southwestern Virginia, right. which is a whole region in and of itself, as we At well a different know. Spot. <laughs> yes, and it certainly takes the Blue Ridge Mountains and on yeah. over no, to make it be southwestern. Yeah. Well, yeah, southwest Virginia. Southwestern Virginia has a pretty definite boundary. Right. Uh, Appalachia tried to. You know, I was, I got so confused in this book that I went out for help, asking for help. Right. It's like, am I crazy? Right. Is South, is Southside really Southwest Virginia? And is it Appalachia? No. Yeah. No. And then, you know. I don't think by anyone's book, unless it was the, um, well, maybe it may be in when they give the grants. Yeah, ARC the, might be. ARC might be. Yeah. But I don't even know I that it does. Do. It probably yeah. doesn't. Well, Patrick County is an ARC. Appalachian yes. Regional Commission is what uh, Patrick County. Which when you live around here and growing up in West Virginia, ARC was our entire state yeah. is ARC. Yeah. But yeah. we're the only state that the entire state is. The entire is. state is. Mm -hmm. And um, Patrick County when they first, um, you know, when the first opportunity to, to apply came, uh, came up, Patrick County wasn't included. Oh, was, really? Yeah, it was only later when our economic situation declined, because, you know, Pat, things were pretty good in the 60s in right. Patrick County. We had several textile mills and, right. and lots of tobacco farming. It was only later, I, uh, I don't know how much later, that we had to reapply 
and were included in ARC. Mm -hmm. Henry County might possibly be, I'm not sure, mm -hmm. but because the economic situation there is not good. But Pennsylvania, even though the economy is not good down there, it's still not Appalachian. No, no. You know, and it's just got an entirely different ethnic uh, background. It has an entirely different agricultural background. As one of my friends said, uh, she grew up in Southside, and she went to Clintwood, which is southwestern Virginia, when she was young, mm -hmm. um, I guess after she was married and, and in her career. And she now lives in Roanoke. She said when she got to Clintwood, it was a whole different world. Well, it is. It uh, is. And that's the first time she ever heard the word hollow. Yeah. A holler, she got, a hollow. Yeah, a hollow. Yeah. It was the first time she'd ever heard it. Sure. Until it was when she went to Clintwood. Just a totally different. And in the space of, what, three and a half hours, maybe? Four yeah. hours? Yeah. Uh, but that's it's it. a different world. Mm-hmm. So Miss Miller needs to look up some things. <laughs> I think, or talk to some people. And this is her first book. It may have been corrected in later. I'm, I'm going to try the second one and see if it's corrected. But the first time I see Appalachia or Southwest Virginia, I'm closing that book. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or Southwestern Virginia, even Southwest, you might get away with. Mm. But it would be a reach for mm -hmm. the Danville area. Oh yeah. Yeah. You might could say South. Sometimes West it's it, sometimes it's Patrick County even is not included. Yeah, in some it is included. Patrick County is really included because of Meadows of Dan. Right. Because uh, but Patrick County is the edge. Oh yeah. The, it's split on you know like not even in half because the largest portion of Patrick County is Piedmont. South Side. Yeah. Yeah, and then South Side. Yeah. That's yeah. why it's always so hard to describe to someone where we live. Yeah, yeah, because it's very, and very different when um, I moved to Stewart. Totally different way of life from Meadows of Dan. You know, it's, it's just a totally different, uh, people would, um, the kids that uh, worked in the tobacco farms, or lived on tobacco farms. That's true. They didn't show up for school for two weeks. Mm -hmm. So the kids that were uh, working on the tobacco field wouldn't show up for school for a couple of weeks. And then the first day of hunting season up here, mm -hmm. the boys wouldn't show up. Exactly. You know, that was the cultural difference. Um, and that was the main difference that I noticed. And then there's some economic things that were different. But so... Um, so, yeah, I think there's a difference in Piedmont and Appalachia. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Not to mention geographic. Geographic, for sure. So, anyway, that's um, our opinion. Yes. Or my opinion. Yeah. I don't get opinionated about, about a lot. No, and you're always, um, <laughs> and you do so many book reviews on Goodreads. Yeah. I don't know how you Well, do I haven't so done many. as many lately. I mostly I just give it a star and off I go, but... But I think I might write this one up mm -hmm. because I did look at the book, the reviews, and she got some good reviews, uh, and she got some not so good reviews. But none of them really talked about this mm -hmm. particular aspect of it. Yeah, and that's really not you. So if yeah. it, it touched a button, <laughs> well, you know, and you would, uh, we've got Martin Clark. Yeah, that's the other thing. I never got a real sense of place. Mm -hmm. You know, I've read about places that I have no idea who they are. 
about the place. Sure, but you have a good sense. But you get a sense of what the place is about. That's what a good author does. Yeah. This is making me think of Sharon McCrum's first series that took place in Danville but that were delightful. They were delightful, and you definitely got a sense of what oh. Danville was all about. Oh, yeah. They, they were funny. They were irreverent. They were yes, just hilarious. Yes. I, I read the, I reread those every so often. McPherson or something. Yeah, the McPherson yes, uh, yes. Uh, series. My favorite title of a book, If I Had Killed Him When I Met Him. Yeah, and years ago, um, Sharon had a friend that lived in um, Patrick County. Her, her name was Liz. And they did a play yes. of that book. Oh, I would have loved to have seen it. Oh, it was Wonderful. They had such good actors that did it. And uh, of course, I knew most of the people. Um, and um, they were, it was just absolutely wonderful. And, um, and then they, I guess, think they did two or three other, maybe one other one. But the, if I killed him when I met him, was absolutely perfect. Aww. They couldn't have done a better job if they'd been professional. Well, we'll have to put a link to Sharon's. Absolutely. Since those were her first books before yeah. she got really famous. Yeah, and, and before the Ballad series, which uh -huh. I also love, which, mm -hmm. which is set in southwestern Virginia. And, yes, uh, well, and other... I think North, maybe more Tennessee. Tennessee, yeah. and, but the real Appalachians, yeah. Great Smokies. Yeah, you know. but you get a total sense of where you are. And, sure. and Martin Clark's books. Yes. You get a... We really get a sense because we recognize the things that he talks about. Yes. Because, you know, we're we're right here, and he's right here, and, and there's a lot of in-jokes, you know, that we... Uh, but they're also appeal to the greater world. So, you have some quotes. Oh, just a couple. I have, I have two that are actually about confusion. Okay, that's good. <laughs> One of them's Doris Lessing, and as I get older, this really rings true. The great secret that all old people share is that you really haven't changed in 70 or 80 years. Your body changes, but you don't change at all. And that, of course, causes great confusion. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? I mean, I'm... 59 now that yeah. I had a birthday a few weeks ago and nearing 60. But I'll tell you, there's so much of me that still thinks like a 20, 20 something. Uh, my grandmother, you know, in her later years, always said she was still that 14 year old girl. Oh, 14, my yeah, goodness. Yeah, for, uh, you know, they grew up. Sure. She grew up pretty fast. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she said she, she was still that 14-year-old girl. Oh, but that's nice. I yeah. like that. Yeah. I don't yeah. look at that as a negative. No, no, I like no, it. No. Except for the confusion. Every once in a while no, you walk no. by and look in the mirror and like, you're like, who the that? heck is that old lady? <laughs> no, Woohoo! Yeah. All right, and the second one is uh, Jack Kerouac. I never can say that. Jack Kerouac. Yeah, Kerouac, yeah. I had nothing to offer anybody except my own confusion. Okay. Yes. And I'm not even sure what that means, but I like it. I'm not exactly it. sure about that one either, but <laughs> I like him. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. that was that was pretty well, much it. But now tell them about how we do the memes. 
Oh, uh, well, uh, lately I've been uh, picking a picture and I've used your beautiful picture from last um, episode's recording session uh-huh. and one of our quotes. And I just put it together and I put it out in the uh, world, hoping that you guys will share it and um, people will find their way back to our website. Very That's good. Really the reason. But it's also a lot of fun to try to match. You know, I put a... Today I put one uh, with the wealthy, with the uh, the Parkway. That looks beautiful. That was one of my favorite. That pictures. was very nice. Yeah. Well, now here's David McCullough, the okay. the wonderful writer. Yeah. And he wrote, "Writing is thinking. To write well is to think clearly. That's why it's so hard." Oh. Yeah. That one so. I understand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's true. Yep. Yes, and so I know when I write, especially, you know, my morning posts, Mm -hmm. I have to be very conscious of, is this clear? Right. No mix, you know how you get emails from people, and they don't mean how it sounds. Oh, yeah, you have to give people the benefit of the doubt. Some people are not good at writing emails, and you think, why are they mad at me? Exactly. You need to Uh take it with a grain of salt Mm -hmm. and be very careful. And you do a great job. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, and I've been sharing those also on our website. Yeah, so please enjoy them, folks. Another thing that I have done recently, if you get this far, uh, you may have already discovered it. I made an extra page on the website with just the podcast episodes listed. Mm -hmm. That looks good. Yeah, so you can go directly right down if you're... If you're starting with us at one, you can go all the way down to 23. Excellent. I guess this is 23. This 23. is our anniversary, Leslie. Uh, that's right. We've been doing this a year. One year. Yeah. That's right. I, I found it on Facebook Memories the other yeah. day where you had written, Beth and I have a secret. Right. Yeah, <laughs> we'll reveal it. Yeah. And so we did it pretty quick after that. Yes. So yeah. um, that's ex- It's been fun. Yeah. I think it has. So uh, our show notes can be found at quincepodcast.com. We're also on iTunes under Beth Amon Ford or Leslie Sheeler or Quince Podcast. We have a Facebook page called Quince Podcast. And we will be back in a couple of weeks after you take a big trip. Yes. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. 